Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 152. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. How are you going today, Kel? Oh uh, yeah, not too bad. It's been a it's been a busy morning. I've been had to I've been up since four something as as normal because I'm a bit behind in my work. So I was like, normally I use that time in the morning to kind of, you know, just kind of ease into my day. But I was like, nope, having to do work. And then I'd take the car in for a service and had like lots of phone calls while I was there because that was a good time to do phone calls. And now, yeah, now well, I'm just here. whatever you do, don't <laughs> relax while someone's doing no. your car, girl. Just squeeze as much work out of it as you can. Oh, I know. It's just, I hate talking on the phone. So I was just like, all right, fine. If I'm going to be stuck in a car <laughs> service place, I'm going to just use this time to make it worse and make phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yes, no, I'm happy I've finally stopped for the day for the first time and I'm recording here with you. So yes, grateful for the chance to be stopped in one place at my desk. So how about you, Carl? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, it's neutral more than anything. There's um, some chat around the easing of our restrictions, but it's looking pretty lame at the moment. And I mean, I certainly understand and I, I want to stay in lockdown to avoid having to do this again, but I'm just just tired of this endless just work parenting cycle. There's just no real joy in our lives. And I mean, Harriet's a delight and I'm so pleased that we have her because I I just feel like if if it was just me in in lockdown I like it, I I feel like people who are on their own in this and people who live alone they're the people that I'm thinking about the most. Yeah. Um at least when you've got a one and a half year old they're really hard work but my god they're a good distraction because they're just so funny and silly and out of control and I don't know I just kind of feel like I'd be a lot sadder if I didn't have this doofus child running around <laughs> and being delightful um but, but you yeah, need just, people and you're not I getting people, people. <laughs> i feel people. So sorry i think i reckon ben would is ben fine is he totally fine fine it's 100 so percent fine <laughs> yes live his best life absolutely loves it <laughs> like we we got to the end of last weekend and it's it's something like oh god it's like my seventh or eighth weekend without having mm. seen anyone or oh done my anything god, Carl's. Just horrible. And I'm just like on Sunday night, I'm just – on Sunday afternoon we were outside and we'd been gardening all day and it just – I was like, I am so tired and I am just so ready. I was looking out at our yard because we've got this beautiful big yard. We're on two acres and there's this beautiful spot where we sit with our friends on picnic blankets and drink beer and watch the kids play. And I was just looking at it going, oh, it's just so sad. I just really wish that we had people here. And I didn't say anything then <laughs> – I turned around and Ben's there going, oh, isn't this lovely? Just the three of us like you. I'm just going, oh, my God, we are such different people. We were both in the exact same place at the exact same time and having vastly just different totally reactions different experiences. <laughs> so oh. I'm, very, I'm very ready for guests and Ben would quite happily never come out of lockdown. So. Yeah, I think so. That was like I, was, I saw something back when we were in lockdown and I think, Something where someone's like, "What's your dirty little secret about doc uh, about lockdown?" And I was thinking, "Oh my god, my dirty little secret is that I'm you loved love it." it. <laughs> and this is 
working really well for me. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm finding a lot of the stuff around lockdown. There's all of this stuff like, you know, introverts secretly enjoying it, which is fine. But then there's a lot of this stuff that comes out. It goes, oh, you know, maybe we can really take away from lockdown to appreciate our family and appreciate our <laughs> friends. And I'm like, no, I already did. Just exactly back yeah. already. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, but, you know, maybe you'll, you know, give more time to the people that you love. It's like, I already, already do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking to um, my friend V in, who's in Melbourne, she's actually in Melbourne oh. city. Um, so, you know, slightly more like there's oh. stage four, you're stage three, but it's basically, oh, as you said, it's just the same so much thing. Worse. Oh, okay. Well, no, yeah. oh, no, no. It is, it's, it's basically the same except that, that they've got kids at home and they also only get to leave the house for an for hour. For an hour, so it, yeah. Yeah, so it's actually way worse. If I said it was the same thing, I apologise. I was – my brain was not working. No, that's all right. But she's like you. She just needs people and I could hear her just um, just struggling with the relentlessness of it all and, like, struggling with the whole trying to – be positive and trying to mm. be grateful for the fact that, you know, like you're stuck at home with in a nice house with nice yeah. people, your family and, you know, all of those things. But at the end of the day, it, it doesn't take away the fact that it's just relentless and if you're people who need people, it's just really, really difficult. So, yes, there's there are lots of people who are worse off, um, lots of people who are better off, like everybody in all the other states. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, we've got to be, yeah, I'm always conscious not to try and minimise anybody's experience yeah, or say, definitely. you know, get over yourself, you know, you, you're you lucky that we're not at war or anything like that. Let's just, yeah, let's just acknowledge that it's relentless and it's not fun and I really feel for all you guys in Victoria right now, much less elsewhere in the world who are experiencing extreme conditions right um recommendation of the week <laughs> my recommendation of the week is the podcast nice white parents it's by the producers of serial and i believe it's a, they're now in conjunction with new york times yeah they I think. are yes they uh, bought out by them or yeah they've just yes. moved over to new york times yeah something like that i think i missed the story behind why that happened um but it is outstanding um it's about public school integration in new york and how heaps of white parents want it and advocate for it and have done for you know historically for the last at least kind of 50 to 70 years uh but when it comes to the crunch they aren't willing to sacrifice the education of their children to achieve it so it's really eye-opening um it's really interesting about it's, it's just a really interesting look at how on the surface everyone appears to want integration um but it's yeah the white parents that aren't willing to because the, the, the point of integration is that you need to have a like non-segregated schools that have equal numbers of black students and white students yeah, you, need and a, and you need a critical mass Basically. You do. And it is proven time and time again, any school that has successfully integrated outperforms schools that are not integrated, both white schools and black schools. So it is undeniably a good thing to happen. But the circumstances under which it actually happens successfully are so finite and so weird. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's really interesting. I'm only halfway through it, but I'm just, I'm listening to it and it's, it's just a really, beautiful podcast that makes you check your own privilege, uh, check the way you respond to schooling. I mean, we, we don't really have, I mean, I, I don't know, do we even have segregated schools in Australia? I'm not sure that we have that big a problem. I don't think it's as 
big a problem here as it is in New York. Like they've got proper segregation that because the the mass is so huge, there's so many people living in small pockets that the segregation is a little bit more obvious. Yeah, I think it would be very, yeah, definitely very different in the US. But yeah, no, I've um, I've seen that popping up in my podcast um, app a bit and as like the first one and I'm like, I really should listen to that. I really should listen to that. So now I'm going to listen to it because I listen to all your recommendations and my recommendation <laughs> is one of your recommendations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is the bold type, um, which is, uh, yeah, exactly as what you sold it to be. It's just, it's light, it's easy, but it's good. I really like the characters. Um, I'm only, Same. you know, four, three or four episodes into it. I really like the characters. I really love, as you noted, like a boss, a boss lady in a magazine who's not a horrible person, um, as the yeah. stereotype does te- tend to go. Like you know, so a firm mentor, you know, good at heart kind of person. Bring that on, uh, bosses that are like that. So yeah, no, I'm enjoying. It. It's just a something that's nice to watch in the afternoon for like one episode of afternoon in the evening. One episode, low maintenance for my brain. Doesn't get me riled up, doesn't get me upset, and then I can yeah. go to bed. <laughs> and, um, so I am deeply obsessed with the actress who plays Sutton. I just cannot <gasps> stop looking at her. Same. Oh my I gosh. Just think she's There's something about her, isn't there? Oh my God. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because when I'm watching it, I'm just like, I don't understand what I'm feeling about her, but I like it. And she's she's just mesmerizing. There's she's just, just got this like about crazy, her. yeah, this like it factor or something. I, think I don't her voice, understand. There's something definitely about her voice that I just. But yeah, I know now that I remember now that you said that last time, but I'd totally forgotten about it. But I am the same. She's there's just something so about pleased. her. And also I I find it very odd because I usually don't feel that way about very conventionally attractive people. No. And she's incredibly conventionally attractive. She's tall and blonde and gorgeous. And sorry to anyone who's tall and blonde and gorgeous. Um, actually, I don't feel like I need to apologize to you. You've been handed enough You're good right. cards in your life. But I'm kind of like, meh, like uh, – uh, th- like it rarely does it for me, but I'm just looking at her kind of going, what is it about her that just kind of, and I love all of her scenes and I love her storyline. Yeah. I love the other two characters as well, obviously. But when Sutton comes back on and she's doing a Sutton thing, I'm just like, oh, there's something about you, girl. Well, this is it because the role that she's playing, you just it could be a very vanilla role, but she just does could something be. to it that she does. just she just stands out for some reason yeah. in, in amongst characters who are all great it's not like there's yeah. you know crappy characters and she just stands out like they're all great and she but there's yeah exactly what you said there's just something about her yeah. I don't know what it is but I'm yes so I totally see it. With this. <laughs> uh, can, can anyone who has also watched the bold type can you please hop in the group and tell us if you two are like weird don't know what's happening but very much Sutton fans and you can't quite figure out yeah. why yeah and tell us if you figured out why because I, I too yes. want to know there's yeah but exactly that there's something about her and um yes I, I too am low-key obsessed with her <laughs> um okay that's a nice segue into Carly's random thing of the week Kelly's random thing of the week. She too is low-key obsessed with Sutton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my random thing of the week, this one's very, very random. This is just one of those like weird thoughts that I have that I like to share with people (laughs) and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, So this one is truly random, but every time I do a skincare tutorial or a makeup video applying concealer under my eyes, and I've probably, look, in – 
something like 12 years of blogging, I would have done it five times and it would have been like someone going, oh, hey, you know, what skincare do you use? And I'll do like a really quick video and pop it up on Instagram or something. So seriously, this has been a handful of times, but every time I do it, someone will always be like, um, you should use your ring finger under your eyes because it's the weakest finger and it's less likely to do damage to the skin under your eyes, which is totally fair enough because I think there was like, I don't know, a couple of years ago, some famous makeup person said that you should use your ring finger to apply any creams or makeup or anything under your eye, because apparently it's the weakest finger and likely and likely to do less damage to the skin under your eye than other fingers. Anyway, I saw a beauty vlogger do a video and just message after message about how she should use her ring finger. And I was like, I'm going to do research into this because this just seems like it's a really big thing. It seems like an urban myth. (laughs) It does seem like an urban myth. So I researched it and it's just flat out not true. So your, your ring finger is not your weakest finger. Apparently it has shorter tendons, which means you have a bit more control with it. So you might be able to control yourself and dab a bit more gently, but really any finger can cause damage to the skin under your eye if you poke it hard (laughs) enough. And the pinky is actually the weakest finger on your hand. But now, of course, I'm I'm just dabbing under my eyes with all my fingers at the moment. I can see, I think your ring finger is your least dexterous finger, I reckon, but I can't say that it's the weakest. I feel like I've got less feeling in my (laughs) middle finger. I feel like it's a bit, it feels a bit number than my other fingers. If anything. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone's at home just like dabbing everyone's their eyes right now. Just dabbing. So I'm, I'm doing it right now as I'm talking to you. Um, and then if you dab with your, with your little finger, yeah, I guess you don't have as much surface area. That's right. Anyway, and it the feels point- like you have more control. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. But the whole thing just makes me laugh anyway, because beauty gurus act like putting concealer on with your index finger is like karate chopping yourself in the face. And I'm like, you know what? Even if it is true, it's probably not by a huge amount of degrees anyway. Like I don't think it's, you know, taking 10 years off your life by any means. And it's just, I just think it is so funny how out of control this has got that people are so dogmatic about it. And it's just a nice little lesson in doing your own research and encouraging critical thinking. Having said that, it's 100% a do no harm activity. So don't start trolling beauty vloggers over this or anything. And if you like applying stuff with your ring finger, absolutely go for it. But then also, So like just on another note with this whole thing, I rub my face aggressively about (laughs) 60 times a day. Yes, that's (laughs) Like I I fully like stretch my eyes, like I properly rub my face. (laughs) And I'm just – and I know it's bad and I shouldn't do it, but I'm just thinking, you know what, if I'm like rubbing my eyes – Anyway, what's the point in worrying about which of my fingers I'm putting the stuff under which my eyes? Which finger you use to dab with? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was my <laughs> what of the week. I had it in the car the other day, and I went fully silent for like 15 minutes. And Ben was like, "What are you thinking about?" And I'm like, "The strength of fingers." And then I explained to him what I was talking about. And he's going, "Just nah, like <laughs> not like, not worth your brain space." <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Oh, geez. It reminds me of like the time I read, I got uh, Zoe Foster's book, Amazing Face, all the way back for whenever, Such like a great seven book. or eight years. Well, I think I just read in that book that you should never like um, point the shower mm. spray at your face with the hot water. Oh my God, totally. I do all the time. 
Same. And, and now every time I do it, I think of how much damage I'm causing to my face, which I have no idea what actually how much damage I'm doing or if I am at all and if that's just – but it's just these things that stick in your head and then you're just like, you can't do that. Oh, But I just do it anyway. Like I yeah, frequently well, think about Zoe Foster Blake in the shower and the <laughs> hot water like either on my face or on my chest. It's usually on my chest <laughs> that I have the hot water. But I think about her like like – at least once a week in the shower, and it just doesn't stop me from doing it. I just keep doing it anyway. Ah, All right. On to topic of the week, and the topic of the week is to how to know when it's time to move on, and this is timely. Excuse me for one second. I have my dogs in the study with me, (laughs) and one of them is just desperate for my attention right now, and I don't know why, and he's pulling. Okay, now both of them are desperate for my attention, and they're both jumping on my lap. This is making podcasting oh very God. awkward. Um, but and also they just interrupted a very a moment. Um <laughs> because if you are not in our Facebook group, you will not have heard the news, and that news is that I'm moving on from straight and curly. And I'm saying this in a very perky voice, but <laughs> I don't feel perky about it. And no, I don't feel perky either. <laughs> I'm sitting here just kind of like like with this frozen grimace on my face that no one can see. And so then it just sounds like I'm sitting here not saying anything. So I just want to let everyone know that I'm kind of pulling like an awkward like Kim Kardashian face right now. <laughs> yes, so sorry. Yes, my dog's... Um, did a weird thing to the mood and the vibe just then. But, yes, I um, I am moving on from straight and curly. Um, we don't know what that means for the show yet because this is very recent decision um, and I'm not going to get too stuck on farewells or throwing ideas around about what this means for the show as this is not the final episode. Our next episode is. Um, so what we, you know, we kind of threw it open to the Facebook group, like what do you guys want to talk <laughs> What do you guys what do you guys want us to talk about in the final two episodes that we're recording? And a lot of people said, you know, well, how about one of the episodes be how to know when it's time to move on from something, um, especially something like this, which is a, a good something, you know. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. But, Carl's, how are you at moving on from stuff? <laughs> Not surprisingly, terrible. (laughs) I'm really, really terrible. I have technically never quit a job ever in my life and I've always left on open-ended terms. And as I was like going through the notes for this, I seriously cannot think of a single job that I've left that I didn't go back to in some capacity for a short period of time. So you haven't ghosted jobs. You've kind of just, you've just never actually ended them. Yeah, exactly. Like I just, I, when I moved here, when I moved to Melbourne, I still, I tried to give the, I used to work at a bead store in Canberra. (laughs) And every time I went back from Melbourne to Canberra, I'd do some shifts for them in the holidays. So this went on for something like six or seven years. Then they were going to open a store in Melbourne and they ended up not doing that. But I when I moved to Melbourne properly, permanently, I tried to give the key back to the owner and she wouldn't take it. She was like, she was like, no, 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 you just hold on to that because you know, you'll be back. I ended up not going back and I think it's highly unlikely. I'm like, <laughs> but, but, but the invitation is still there and it's not over. You are not officially unemployed by them yet. <laughs> exactly. And I may still have the key to the store. So, you know, there is that. But the, yeah, the thing is, is that I just leave everything open-ended. I'm very, very bad at calling the quit or calling quits on things. Um, permanently. 
Um, the one thing is I'm much better at saying no to things in the first place mm. than leaving yeah. things and moving on from them. So I think that's why I'm such a no person. I think once I say yes to something, like a yes you're, from you're, me is- you're, you're committed forever. <laughs> exactly. I, it's like a jail sentence. I'm just, you know, I'm right in there. Um, one, one example I came up with was that I used to do a lot of theatre in my 20s and I was voracious. I would do any play, any musical, any role. I was all over it. Then as I got older, I valued my time more and I slowly did less and less theatre and only did the theatre that I really, really wanted to do. And I love theatre, um, but I think the catalyst for me was that I used to prefer to be in rehearsals than anywhere else. And then I realised that not all <laughs> rehearsals and shows were created equal and I only wanted to put my time into things that I really, really cared about. So that's kind of, um, yeah, moving on from something that's very good that you really want to do. Um, is completely but foreign just- to you. <laughs> Yeah, it is, except for theatre because I do love theatre and I I do really enjoy it. But knowing that I don't want to spend every spare second of every day rehearsing for a play that's only average (laughs) was was the closest I've come to doing that. Nice. Well, yes, in today's show we're going to share some tips for how to know when it's time to move on from something, especially something that's good. So I'll kick off with tip one, and that is if that thing's not taking you closer to where you want to be. Um, so anyone who's listened to the show knows I've always been a big believer in quite consistently and constantly checking in with where I'm going and just asking myself the question or asking the question of things that I'm doing, you know, are you taking me towards where I want to be? Or further away. Um, and so an example of this is that one of the things I value highly is a life that's very low on drama. Um, so this has been an epic fail for the last 18 months. But anyway, um, if something I'm doing is bringing constant drama into my life, um, usually involves other people's drama, not my own. Um, but if something I'm doing is bringing drama into my life, then it's definitely not taking me where I want to be and I will always do something about it. Uh, I also value white space. So, and that when I say white space, what I mean is the ability to have parts of my day where I can move very slowly and where I have much more time to do something that's than's needed. So, as soon as I find myself in a situation where I'm having to like schedule out my day minute by minute in order to fit everything in, I'm like, right, it's time to make some changes. So, um, yeah, I guess the thing to highlight here is, you know, you don't necessarily need to know where you're going because I know that's a very daunting thing. I know a lot of people are like, I have no idea where I'm going. How can I make changes? But um, what I think you need to know is what you value and that's a good starting point for most things because um, if you don't know what you value, I think that's when people get caught saying yes to everything because they don't want to miss out on everything on, on anything because there's so much we could all be doing. But when you have an understanding of what you value and what you don't, it makes it easier to kind of, say no to those things that sound fun and probably would be fun, but but they're, you know, adding, you know, like I said, if it's adding drama or adding stress to my life or taking away white space, then I'll go, no matter how fun that thing is, um, I'm not going to do it. So, yeah. Oh. yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly how I felt about theatre. Yeah. Just to 
throw that one in there. <laughs> uh, so tip number two is the cost benefit analysis just doesn't add up. So at the end of every year of doing this show, as an example, <laughs> Kelly and I kind of check in with each other and we've laughed at how the economics of it just don't add up. But we agree that the other benefits of doing the show, the chance to chat every week or so, and the joy of collaborating and the beautiful community of our Facebook group, all of those things overrode the fact that while we weren't out of pocket when it came to doing the show, thanks to our Patreon group and thank you so much to our Patreon group. Yes. You've made it so easy for us to continue doing the podcast over the last few years. Just having the financial burden taken off us has been huge. So thank you so much for that. Um, the time we spent on the show was time that we weren't billing in our day jobs because we do both have day jobs. We both work full time. Um, and when we talk about costs, it's not just straight up economics we're talking. We're also talking about time and energy costs. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got a good example of this and that would be, you know, the time that I'm spending on Jason's basketball club at the moment. Um, yeah, I that sounds intense. There's a bit going on there. Um, you well, know, you've I'm, just been mentioning it a lot recently. Yeah. Well, the thing is because the role that I'm doing there is communications and if you think about it, literally everything is communications. Like so every, you know, every aspect of the club involves, you know, if you – communicate poorly about like a program that's happening or something that needs to be done or even something stupid like a fixture change it just creates more work trying to fix the problem so a lot of what I do is trying to get in front of things that are going to create work for other people um, to prevent it Um, so I won't put a number on what I have spent in recent months on because it would be shocking but the thing is it's absolutely my choice to be spending that time no one's do- no one's forcing me to do it. No one's asking, you know, no one's asking too much of me. I'm the one choosing to do it. But I I see the benefit. So there's a huge cost. There's a time cost, but there's a huge benefit um both to me in that it's keeping me busy and keeping my mind um distracted. Um but also it mean I see the benefit in there's meaningful change happening at club level. So, you know, all that said, I am constantly monitoring the effect of that time and energy I'm spending there versus, you know, something I'm very conscious of is what my kids need from me. So the second I feel like there's too much energy going in the wrong direction there, uh, I'll adjust and make some changes. Yeah. And I guess this highlights the need for a bit of white space in your life, because if you don't have any white space or downtime, you don't have the ability to notice when there's an energy imbalance or a cost imbalance and then make those necessary changes. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's right. Cause it's, that's an awareness thing, right? So I do feel, um, okay. I have an analogy. <laughs> do you Kelly? I, I, How I, shocking. I'm a, bit, <laughs> I'm a bit scared cause I don't know if it's a good one or not, but just work with me here. Okay. So, um, so I think we've all had that feeling like where we're so caught up in life and life feels a little bit like a treadmill that we can't get off. Um, so using life as a treadmill that's kind of running, 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 um, the belt is just running um, and we often wish, you know, find ourselves wishing we could just slow things down or press pause on life for just a second but, of course, life does not work like that. Um, so we keep running, running, running. But I want to remind everyone that there's another option with treadmills. You can leave the treadmill running and then you can put your hands on the handles and then lift your feet up and then just 
take them off the treadmill and put them either side of the belt. Are you with me? Tell me you're with yes, me. Yes, I'm totally with you. <laughs> okay, I'm totally cool. with you. I am thinking about that. <laughs> just my brain went to that beautiful film clip where the people are like running on the treadmill and doing the dance. Yes, I know yeah. what you're talking about. This is not that. This is like, you know, so the treadmill's still running. Life is still going at a million miles a minute, but you can just take your feet off for a second, catch your breath, see okay, is what I'm doing here worth it? And if not, you can jump away from the treadmill. Like life can keep going and you can just step aside. So we can't slow, I guess what I'm saying is we can't slow life down necessarily, but we can take ourselves away from life for a second just to catch our breaths and, and come back. So um, I don't even, how did I even get there? What was the, <laughs> the cost benefit analysis? How did I get there? Um, I don't know. It made perfect sense. It was a great <laughs> analogy. But anyway, that was just, yeah, a way of saying, you know, when life feels like it's a bit much, you can just step off the treadmill for a sec, even if the treadmill is still going. Right. I'm going to go exactly. on to tip three. <laughs> so because before I get stuck in my head about what were you just talking about, Kelly? Um, <laughs> so how to know when it's time to move on from something is if it's not bringing the right energy into your life. Again, this is something you people would have heard me talk about ad infinitum, about being a big believer that life is kind of just one big exercise in energy management. Um, and, and since losing Ant, like I've just doubled down on that feeling like much more so. Um, so look, anything that's bringing bad energy or negative energy into my life, it just needs to be moved on from. Um, so an example of this from a couple of shows ago, I mentioned I'd probably committed to work to some work that was tipping me over the edge into overwhelm. And the thing about that work was, is that it was for people I really like and it was work I'm really, really interested in doing. But so the work itself was not the problem but the volume of it was just creating stress for me because it was making just my overall workload just that little bit too high. And as soon as my workload gets that little bit too high, it's a really bad energy thing for me. So I've just, I've pushed that work back to next year. Um, And yeah, I guess what I wanted to highlight is that it's not always negative stuff that creates bad energy. Sometimes it's really positive stuff. Uh, And I know a trap for me personally is that when people I really admire want to work for want to work with me it's so flattering and I find it very difficult to either say no or to push push them back and say oh I can't do it right now we do you know if, if you want to work with me it'll have to be in three months time but uh, it also kind of makes you feel a little bit like a jerk as well because yeah. like, you really want to work with you and you're like I know I'm so awesome but you're just gonna have to wait that's right <laughs> you just feel like a bit of a douche saying yeah and you have to frame it very very specifically um but I do, when I ca- catch myself in that position where I'm like, I'm so flattered, I just want to say yes because I'm flattered, I just have to weigh up like also the fact that there are really unique pressures that come with working with someone you admire because, you know, for me personally, again, I don't want to just, I won't want to just deliver on their expectations. I will want to exceed those expectations and blow their minds. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very aware of that. And if I take on that kind of work, I kind of have to make sure there's that right, it's the right kind of space in my life to accommodate it from from an energy point of view. Yeah. Um, so tip number four is don't get caught on the sunk cost fallacy. Yes. It's very easy to keep doing something because you've invested a lot of time and energy into it already and you want to see a return on that time and energy. I think a really good example of this is university degrees. So we've seen quite a lot of questions in the Facebook group from people who are 
halfway through a degree, they know it's not right for them, but they're wondering if they should just keep going because they've put too much time and effort into it. So they might as well finish it. A business venture is also a really good example of this. So if you've put a lot of time and energy and often money into building a business in your heart of hearts, you know, that business is not serving you or taking you where you want to go, but you can't let go of it because you feel like everything you've invested will just go to waste you know, well, it's not going to go to waste because experience is priceless and you will never be able to take everything you've ever learned from that business forward with you in life. And I think a lot of people ask the wrong question in this situation. They ask, what will I lose if I quit this thing? When maybe the right question to ask is what will I gain if I quit this thing? Yeah, that's so true. I I, I do feel that a lot that never underestimate the value of space and time. And I've just lost count of the number of times where I've made room in my life by letting go of something. Um, and then something really good has come along to fill that space. It's it's happened over and over again. I do, with the whole university degree thing, it's a really difficult one because it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket for, the, you know, just in case. But you know, and as as always, you know, and the conversations that we have in our group about this does come up a lot. And there's always a very, very nuanced conversation. But at the end of the day, we do have to be careful not to be hanging on to something purely because of the sunk costs. If we're hunking, hunking, hanging on to something, <laughs> it has to go beyond the sunk costs. Um, otherwise, it's you should just be able to walk away from it and go, you know, yeah. Um. I, I think the same thing can actually be said about relationships. I've seen a lot of people yes. stay in good relationships <laughs> with with good people who are great on paper but just aren't quite what that person needs in a relationship and they stay with them because, you know, they've bought a house or they want to have children soon or they have this idea of what they think their life is going to look like and this person looks like what it is that, they need to move forward, but it turns out they're actually not. And yeah, like it's, it, and you know, it's, it's hard leaving what seems like good relationships, but if they're not quite right, then it's better to just cut it off where it is and move on. Yeah. And that's it. Even friendships are like that. You know, there's friendships mm. where just because you've been friends with someone for 20 years, doesn't mean like if you stop being friends with them, like, oh, you've just wasted, you've just thrown away 20 years. Like that's that's just not how life works. I think we mentioned no. already about experience. Like you ex- you will always have experience of, you know, what you've learned from that relationship or from that business or from that um, partnership. You always have that with you no matter what. So nothing is ever wasted as long as you've learned something from it. If you've learned nothing from it, well, then possibly but, um, yeah, it'd be hard to have any kind of experience and not learn from it. Um, tip five and the final tip is going to is from me and is to listen to your gut, which is probably going to annoy a lot of people. But this is, <laughs> this is where I found myself with Straight and Curly. Like, I love this show. I love collaborating with you, Carls. Um, hmm. Can't believe we've been able to do this for, what, three years, three and a half? It's so nearly even four. feel like that. I don't yeah. know. Um, <clears throat> I love the people we get to chat with in the Facebook group. Um, doing this show is, is a good energy thing for me. It boosts my mood to talk with you. It boosts my mood to see the awesome conversations going on in the Facebook group and people helping each other. Um, and so when my gut said to me a couple of weeks ago, Kelly, it's time. You know, I 
I just did check in with myself and I had to give myself a day or two to ensure like I wasn't having an emotional and just be careful. And people are like, well, how do you know it's a gut feeling and how do you know it's like, you know, <laughs> just having an emotional response to something? And the answer to that is just sit with it for a few days at least, if not a week. Um, so, yeah, when I got the feeling, I was like, right, okay, well, that's interesting. I'm going to sit with that for a couple of days. I didn't say anything to Carly. I just went, right, I'm just going to sleep on that. I think I may have even gone as far as a week to be sure, to be sure. And, yeah, after about a week I was like, yeah, no, I still have that same feeling. My gut's telling me it's time. Um, And I think, you know, I, I can't think of a time where I've listened to my gut and it's let me down. And I think this is something – when we'll talk about this in in the next and final episode perhaps about intuition is we need to be able to give, if we give ourselves time and space and if we have that white space in our lives, we can start trusting our gut and trusting our intuition a little bit more. I think it's when we're frazzled and overcommitted and overwhelmed that we second guess ourselves a lot and never really know whether, yeah, something is an actual gut response to something or whether something is a emotional response to something. So. My gut spoke very clearly. I've gotten very good at listening to my gut over the years and and knowing the difference between an emotion response and a gut response. Um, And, yes, so as much as it makes me very sad, I'm listening to my gut now. I don't have any plans ever. When we mentioned it in the group, I was like, let us know what you're doing next. And, you know, wherever you go, we'll follow you. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't yeah, I do. I do see that. I thought that was, a, that was, that seemed to be a common theme. I'm not sure yeah. if one person said it and then a whole bunch of other people, they're like, yeah, we'll follow you. I'm just kind of going, well, where's she going? She's going to do a podcast. She's going to do one with me, guys. Like, she's not going to go do some other podcast. Well, that's right. Yeah. I don't have, don't have any other plans. I'm not, not going anywhere or doing anything. It's just, like, yeah. imagine, imagine if you just like told everyone you were leaving because you didn't want to do it anymore. And then you just like started up some other podcast with right. someone else. How inappropriate would that be? Um, no. So, yes, there's no, I'm not actively creating space for a next thing. There's no next thing. Um, yeah. It is just time unfortunately. Um, And, you know, I'm not even sad about it, which sounds weird. It's just, I think when something, and I mentioned this in the group as well, when something comes to a very natural end, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Same. I guess there's the, there's the added bonus that I can talk to Carly anytime I want. I can just yeah, exactly. the phone. So, and that was a large reason that why I enjoyed doing the podcast so much because we got to talk very regularly. So I guess I've got that bit of insurance um, slash safety net, you know, that's making it. So I'm not sad because while we're not collaborating anymore, our, our friendship lives on. Um, but, yeah. And I, you know what? I Look, I'm going to throw <laughs> it out there. I don't think this is the end of our collaboration journey, Kelly. Ah, I mean, really. Interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know what, but like. But who knows what the future holds? We're too good together, something. I think. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I don't, like, this isn't the end of Kelly and Carly. I think it's just the end of Straight and Curly. Yeah. I hmm. like that thought. No. Which is also why I'm not sad about it. Like, I'm, I'm, it is, it's just a really nice, like, rolling end. I feel like, and this is going to sound like I'm just noting us really hardcore here. I feel like we're ending the way that Seinfeld ended. Like, it ended when it shouldn't. Yes. Same with, same with like the office. Like, they had, they were disciplined enough to pull the plug on that when 
when they were supposed to. It's not like the American office where they did like 1,400,000 seasons. Oh, right, cool. The British office has only like two or – oh, God, I don't even know – a very short amount of seasons and the US office just like kept on going going and going and going and going and going. going. So, I don't know. I feel like it's very disciplined of us to to end now. Well, that's very on brand, isn't it? Well, you know, I like that thought. (laughs) I very much like that thought. I do feel it's – yeah, it's just – yeah, there's no acrimony. There's no no. Oh, one of us is sick of the other, so it's just time to end the collaboration. It's just the it's yeah. I like the thought that it's just the end of this collaboration, but not all future collaborations. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that just about wraps up this episode. Make sure you tune in next week for the final episode of Straight and Curly. Yeah, see you guys then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. Bye-bye.